0: starting a new series today uh, called uh, Big Days and Bad Days. It's part one of a four-part series, and uh, it's one of our summer series. Um, I'm enjoying it. If you hear it in my voice, I have a little bit of a remnant of a cold. How many of us summer colds are the worst? If I get a cold in the winter, I feel like, okay, that's normal. But summer, it's like, don't steal a day of my summer, you know? So anyways, I'm making it, but if you hear it, that's what it's about. But this, this series was birthed out of an article that I read. You might have seen it recently, and it was talking about how many bad days the average American has. And as I was reading that, I just was overwhelmed. I thought, the Bible has something to say about the bad days that people face. And, and then I was going to do a, a five-part series on bad days. And how many know I'm too much of an optimist that, you know, I was like, I can't just do bad days. So it's big days and bad days, all right? So we're going to look at uh, those and and see what the Bible has to say about that because there's so much here with big days and bad days. And uh, just curious, um, do you know how many bad days the average American has? You're looking around. You obviously didn't read the same article I read. All right. The average American has 60 bad days per year. 60 bad days per year, according to this uh, article or this uh, study that was done by Freeletics, uh, that's an exercise app, and they did a study of 2,000 people, and they said the average American has 60 bad days per year. And when I when I read that, I was like, 60 bad days. We got to help out. There's that's a lot of bad days. That's like two months of bad days. And and I shared it with Becca. I said the average American has 60 bad days, and she goes, that's not bad. I was like, what? She goes, there's 305 good ones. And I'm like, maybe you're more of an optimist than I am. I, mean, I, don't know. I was like, that's bad. And she's at the end, she's like, okay, it's bad. All right. But it's two months, 60 days. And it, it was like, and of course, it's very subjective, okay? It's very subjective because they, they surveyed 2,000 people and they found out that uh, 80% of the people said they have a bad day because of work. Matter of fact, that was the number one thing. That gave them a bad day was work. And if I could reference back to a series that we did, uh, Made for Mondays. Go back, see it again, uh, listen to it again, trying to help with those bad days. Um, Another one uh, 61% of the people said bad days came because of lack of sleep. They said I had a bad day because of lack of sleep. They also listed being sick, uh, money worries, uh, relationship problems, family problems, and then it started getting down lower. And it said 34% said they had a bad day because their plans fell through, okay? And then it gets worse. 25% said they had a bad day because they didn't have hot water in their shower, okay? 24% said they had a bad day because they had a bad hair day. (laughs) That is not a legit bad day, by the way, okay? (laughs) And 8% said they had a bad day because their team lost, their sports team lost. And as I'm reading this, I'm thinking about doing the series and calling it, like, Have Bigger Problems. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, a bad hair day, you know, seriously. I mean, we've got people that are wondering if they're going to eat, and then we've got people having a bad day because, but we are Americans, and, you know, and so I, I just, I, and then I realized, like, I've almost let the weather app steal my joy. How many are with me with that, you know? And, and I'm like, this is going to be the worst day, and then it's the best day, so... But it's very real. We have bad days. I don't know if you have 10 bad days, 20 bad days, 30, 60, 90. We're not just going to talk about bad days. We're going to talk about big days. But these, these bad days are very real. And the Bible has something to say. And next week, we're going to talk... Quite a bit about a bunch of bad days, really serious bad days, and and we need to uh, pay attention to this because people are suffering with all sorts of depression and things that are creating bad days. Just this last week, we've we've heard about two major celebrities that took their life and battling depression, and a bad day became their worst day. And and there's hope for people. We've got to get the message out that that bad day is not the end of it. We need to help bring the message of hope to people. So next week we're going to talk about just a bunch of bad days, and then. The week after that, we're going to talk about just a, a really bad day, and it's, it's when people lose someone to death. Okay, that's very real, and the Bible has something to say about that specific bad day, and we're going to focus just on that. And then, of course, we're going to talk about a big day to end it all. We're going to talk about uh, marriage as a big day, because the Bible has something to say whether you're married or whether you're thinking about getting married. Or, uh, that, so that, that's how we'll deal with this, with big days and bad days. And if you're wondering if your marriage is a big day or a bad day, really pay attention. All right, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) But what about the big days? The big days, uh, people were asked about what's the biggest day of their life. Their birthday came up, graduation, acceptance into school, a big move, uh, the day they proposed, uh, the day they got married, uh, the day their child got married, the birth of a child, another one, big, big day, Um, a victory in their life. Maybe it was becoming sober and, and overcoming an addiction, a big day a new start in their life, and of course, a big day. And I could say the biggest day for anyone would be the day that they give their life to Jesus Christ. That's a big day that we celebrate. Yeah, big day. (laughs) Incidentally, on any given day, the best hour of any day, I just found this in study, is 7 p.m. For some reason, 7 p.m. is the best hour of people's day. And so if you're going to think about... Breaking Bad News, 7 p.m., they're happy. I don't know, I don't know. But whether you're living in a big day or a bad day, I want to dive into this and see what God's Word has to say about it. And I'll tell you this, big days and bad days, first of all, happen to everyone. Big days and bad days happen to everyone, all right? Um, Matthew 5, uh, verse 45, Jesus is in the Sermon on the Mount, and he says this statement, he says, "...that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good." And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. He's saying, hey, there's good days. And really in this moment, the sun and the rain are both seen as good things. And Jesus is saying, hey, everybody's going to have good things from God. God's a good heavenly father. And he's put things in motion. There are good days that will happen to everybody. You say, well, what about the rain? Is that a bad day? Not in this context. Rain was seen as a good thing. And he's saying, hey, there's good things that are coming to people. It's going to happen to everybody on this earth. There's going to be good days that are going to happen to every single person. But as you read through the Bible, you're going to see that there are bad days that happen to all sorts of people. We're not exempt because we're followers of Jesus Christ to not have any bad days. You read the Bible and you'll see that bad days and bad things happen to good people. You'll see that Job in the book that bears his name here he was a righteous guy. And I can remember the first time I read the book of Job and I see this guy who's living a good life and he's offering sacrifices to God just in case his family does anything bad. He wants to take care of him and cover him. And then all of a sudden, all these bad things happen to him. Destruction, loss, sickness, death of family members and all this. And you realize, wow, this guy didn't do anything wrong, but this world is filled with bad days. You see David, I mean, David, uh, the second king of Israel, David, the one that wrote much of Psalms, David who killed Goliath, if you know, if you know that story. You'll see David has good days and bad days and good days and bad days. And, and when he's having his bad days, he's pouring out his heart and he's like, God, it's not fair. It looks like I'm the only one having bad days. How many ever felt that way? Like, I'm the only one having bad days. Yeah, and David was feeling like, I'm, come on, I'm having all these bad days and they're having all these great days. Good days and bad days, big days and bad days happen to everyone. And, of course, the Apostle Paul gives this massive list of his bad days. If you thought that the list of, like, hot water or bad hair, you listen to Paul's list, and he says this, I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, I've been flogged more severely, I've been exposed to death again and again, five times I received from the Jews the 40 uh, lashes minus one, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was pelted with stones, three times I was shipwrecked, I spent the night and a day in the open sea, I've been constantly on the move, I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger from the city, in danger in the country in danger at sea in danger from false believers i've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep i've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food i've been cold and naked besides everything else i face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches he's like I- i've had some days i've had some days i've had some bad days i mean they happen to everyone they happen to every single person And so I just want you to know that that you're okay, you're normal. If you're having big days and bad days, they happen to every single one of us and it's okay. It's one of those things where the Bible says if you're going to make it through this, you're going to go through affliction. You're going to have these things happen to you. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person when you have bad things happen to you. I can remember early on in the church that the church was attacked and I just had a, a, a crisis I had to get through and I felt like a total failure. And I thank God that I I spoke with a seasoned minister. And he said to me, he said, hey, it's just normal. You're going to have good days. You're going to have big days. You're going to have bad days. Get up from your bad days. When the enemy punches you, get back up and counterpunch him. And I was like, that is great advice. So I've just lived that way. Like, man, when I have a bad day, I want to get back up and counterpunch. I'm ready to go. And that's the way we need to live. The Bible just, it tells us over and over again, there's a time for this and there's a time for that. It's going to happen to us. Ecclesiastes talks about that. There's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build. You get the point. It says there's a time for everything. And it's okay if you're going through struggles. It's okay. And I'm going to tell you this. I am an optimist. I am somebody that loves the big days better than the bad days. But it's okay to come to church and say, I'm living in a bad day. It's okay to come to church and say, I'm living in a bad day and I came anyways. Matter of fact, the number one thing you can do when you're having a bad day is get to church. Get around other people. Don't isolate and sit by yourself. You get in, and you get in there, you say, I'm coming into this. Uh, 1 Peter 4.12, Peter says this. He says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. He's saying, like, hey, you're, you're having a fiery ordeal. You're having a bad day. You're having a bad week. You're having a bad attack on your life. Don't think it's strange. God's doing something to you, in you through this, and it's, it's going to happen in and through you. He's doing something in you. There's a big difference, though. I mean, I love big days. I love them. And uh, how many know the difference between big days and bad days? Like, big days are placed on our calendars, and bad days show up unexpected. I mean, I love the big days. I don't know if you know, I have a a calendar, and on my calendar, I have, like, days in red. They're circled in red. They're, like, big days that I'm looking forward to. They're birthdays, they're anniversaries, they're things. And I would tell you this. When you have a big day, make the most of your big days. It's okay for the church to celebrate. It's okay for us to, to have those celebrations and to have those good days. And I would say just make the most of every big day you possibly can. We could talk for a, a whole day on just this. I was thinking about all the different areas, but just a couple of things about big days. I'm, I'm really big into the big days. I try to maximize them. And as a parent, uh, as parents, Becca and I have tried to maximize our kids' big days. And so we just tried to do a few special things for them, you know, we, when, when they hit their double-digit birthday. So when they hit the age of 10, we said, where do you want to go and celebrate that birthday? It's a big day. We want to celebrate you and we want you to remember this day because mom and dad won't be here for your triple-digit birthday if you make it, you know, but <laughs> double-digit, we're here. Okay, and so we picked, we said somewhere within this area, and Connor picked Wisconsin Dells, and and Logan picked Yellowstone, and so it was kind of a double-digit day that we did that. When they turned 13, we let them pick what global team they wanted to go on, and I went on that global team with uh, Connor, and then when Logan turned 13, I went on it, and it was a father-son moment. Of course, Becca had the other child at home with her, and there was that special time. When they turned 13, we had a, a group of men that spoke into their life. And, and on their 13th birthday, they shared one morning from their life and then one positive quality in our child. We wanted to have those marking big days on their life and to be able to have those things that are there. And so I'm just telling you, make the most of the big days that are there that God gives you. Be creative. Maximize those big days. When it comes to marriage um, and, and just in, in, in mine and Becca's marriage, we've tried to maximize those big days. Of course, we're fresh on the heels of Becca's 50th birthday, and it's okay, I can say that. I had permission. It's her annual 29th birthday, okay? But... Man, I, I cashed in miles and I cashed in reward points. And, and we went and, and, you know, I just was right there with her and just celebrating that time for her 50th birthday. When it comes to our 30th anniversary, we're, we're actually going to be in Tanzania um, dedicating uh, the big church that we built for Kingdom Builders. So our 30th anniversary will be in, the, in Tanzania. And then how many know that I, I got to take her somewhere after Tanzania, right? But it, it, it's on the calendar. It's there. We're making the most of it. And here's what I want to tell you mentors have helped me maximize those big days. Mentors will help you maximize the big days of your life. And I pray that you go to mentors and say, hey, how how can I be better at this, at a parent? How can I be better as a a spouse? How can I be better? Matter of fact, I was thinking about this. Um, Someday being a grandparent will be there. I'll need a mentor in grandparenting. So I'm now taking applications for my grandparenting mentoring. But uh, (laughs) it's there. Now, I want you to make the most of those big days, but again, don't feel singled out for those bad days. We can we can overreact for the bad days. We can overreact. And I'm just telling you some of those unpredictable, unexpected things just happen to us. I draw comfort when I read in the word that the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about like I had a I had a thorn in the flesh. I had a thorn in flesh that was there, and I, and I, and I prayed, and I tried to get rid of it, and, and it wouldn't go away, and then God said his grace was sufficient in my weakness, and, and Paul's like, okay, then I'm going to make it through this. Like, I'm not feeling singled out. Like, God's doing something on me. Big days and bad days happen to everyone. Secondly, big days and bad days shape you, and really, how many know the bad days shape you the most? I want you to do the big days because missed big days can shape you in a bad way. How many know when you miss a big day for somebody, all of a sudden, like, I was waiting for you. I was waiting, for you didn't show up. You weren't at the graduation. I was waiting for you. You didn't show up. You you stayed and you worked and you missed it. So usually the big days when you miss them and can shape them in a bad way, but the, the bad days shape us the most. The bad days are the ones that that form in us the character and, and God turns us into the people that he wants us to be. When I travel around and speak to pastors now, I do a sermon called, The Struggle Makes You Stronger. I do a sermon, The Struggle Makes You, and I just share all the, the bad things. Not all, like, but most of the bad things that have happened to our church and in our life. And, and as I share that, all of a sudden they realize like, the struggle made us stronger. The struggle, once you get through it, once you get through the bad day to the other side, God shapes you, informs you. I have young pastors that will come to me. They'll say, I, I, I want to I grow and I want to do something great for God. What would you recommend? And I'm like, survive the struggles. Make it through the bad days. Get ready. They're, they're coming. And, and you survive them. You make it, You go through the struggle. You get through to the other side. And all of a sudden, God forms in you and turns you into the man or woman that he wants you to be. And I believe those, those big days and bad days, they'll shape us. And we need to say, God, what are you doing in me? I feel like on our bad days, it's almost like God has a chisel with the bad days, and he's chiseling away things on us that need to fall off anyways. I, if I could say one thing that I regret about the bad days that I've gone through in my life is... In my bad days, I feel like I talk like an atheist more than a Christian. I'm on a bad day, and I'm like, we're doomed. We're doomed. I can't believe that. When I used to lead the church, and the church was young, we'd have a bad day, I'd go to staff meeting, and I'd be like, we're doomed. I can't believe the staff didn't quit, you know? Now I forbid that, you know, no, I don't. it's not allowed. I'm like, hey, we're going to make it. I don't know how we're going to make it, but we're going to make it. We're going to make it through that. We've been through enough bad days. We can make it through this. We're going to make it. But I I, I talk like an atheist and and instead of like a, a person of faith. And if I could go back, I wish more than anything I could change my conversation. And I would have learned quicker that I was going to praise my way through the bad days and not complain in them. See, because when we praise God in our worst days, it opens the door for him to do more in us than we can ever ask, imagine, or think. When we praise God on our worst days, all of a sudden he starts chiseling within us and it it goes quicker. When we start praising God in our bad days, all of a sudden the world pays attention. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When I do that in my bad days, people notice. And when I'm being shaped in those bad days, all of a sudden people say, hey, what's going on in this person's life? It opens up an opportunity for God to be glorified and magnified. And as you're going through the bad days, let them shape you. Let the struggle make you stronger. I thank God for this, that every bad day that I've gone through, I can now use for his glory and for his honor. I thank God that I get an opportunity to say, hey, I've been through that bad day. You can make it through that. I didn't enjoy it in the bad day, but now that I'm through it, I thank God that I can recycle that and use it for his glory, like 2 Corinthians talks about in verses one, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles and our bad days, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. When you go through a bad day, God says, it's not done there. I got you through it. Now I want you to help someone else in their bad day. And I want you to recycle this and use it and help them to hang in there and to keep moving forward. The big days and the bad days will shape us and the bad days shape us more than the big days. Another one, though, is I... Uh, give the third point here. Friends are made for these days. I couldn't help but realize this. Friends are made for your big days and your bad days. How many know that? On your big day. What are you stressing about? Like, let's, let's just say, on, on the wedding day. It's the wedding. What are you stressing? It's the wedding list, right? It's the invite list. It's, it's like, who's on there? It's like, okay, who's going to be on that list? It's all about who are my friends for that big day. When it's your bad day, what are you thinking? Who are my friends that I want to call on my bad day? Who can I call at 3 a.m.? Who's going to help me out? Friends are made for our big days and our bad days. And Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Good times and bad times, we are needing friends in our life. And if I could say this to our church, I believe we need to build bigger friendships. We need to have more friendships. We need to have stronger friendships. No one was meant to do it alone. No one was meant to be a part of River Valley Church and just be part of the crowd. You were meant to connect with one another and to say, there are people in this church that will help me on my big days and my bad days. Dr. Dobbins, the founder of Emerge Ministry, said this, a true friend will double your joy and cut your sorrow in half. I love that. What does that mean? That means that on a big day, I have a friend that I could tell the story to, and they want to hear it again. And I get the joy of having something good happen to me, and then I get the joy of telling them the story. And then another friend shows up. How many know what I'm talking about? That's what happens. They double your joy because you keep telling the story. I couldn't help but think about Luke chapter 15, where it talks about the woman who lost a coin. I'll read it to you, Luke 15, verses 8 through 10. It says, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I've found my lost coin in the same way I tell you there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. When she finds her lost coin, when she's having a bad day, all of a sudden she finds it. she's having a good day. What does she do? The Bible says she calls her neighbors and her friends together and says, rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. She's looking for people that can say, hey, we celebrate with you on your big day. We celebrate and we want to double your joy. How many know when that lady's telling that story? After a while, she's told it like the fifth time. Friends are like, now it's time for us to leave the party. Somebody else can hear the story, right? Right i was sweeping everywhere and i couldn't find it and then i looked back and then i swept again and there it was you know how many know and she's telling it and like dad we're so glad you found your coin and they're celebrating the prodigal son in luke 15 when he returns, the father has a party. He, has, he kills the fat and calf. He has, he has music and dancing and celebration. And he's saying, come celebrate. That which was lost is found. There's something about people doubling our joy. And I pray that you have friends in this church that will double your joy. I pray that you have friends that when you get the promotion, they're excited for you. I pray that, when you, have, that you have friends that when you get a new car, you're like, well... We can't show them. I mean, they won't be happy. I pray you'd have friends that instead you'd be like, beep, 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 and they want to go for a ride with you, all right? And they'd celebrate, okay, and whatever it is, they'd celebrate whatever God does. Hey, you're going on a global team. They'd celebrate and want to initiate this. I I was hearing about this, that um, some of the people in the church have started to do this with their life group, and you're probably wondering which one, and you should be in a life group, but they've started to pay for each other's global teams, and they're like, a person goes, and all of a sudden, they all just like crowdsource and fund it, and next thing you know, they're going within minutes. It's all paid for. I'm like, oh, sign me up for that life group. All right. They're doubling the joy. Those big days that are there. And I pray that you have so many friends that you struggle with your wedding list. Like you have too many people to get in the wedding. I pray that you have, you have so many friends that you think like, I, I, I'm, I'm a wealthy, wealthy person because I have so many friends for my big days. But on your bad days, I pray they'd cut your sorrow in half. I pray they truly would. And you'd say, no matter what it is, they'd truly cut your sorrow in half. If it's a bad hair day, they'd tell you to get a life. Okay? If it's really, truly a bad day, they'd listen to you. They'd pray with you. They'd be the type of friends that would break a hole through the ceiling of the house so that you could get into Jesus. You'd say, I want to be that type of friend that will cut their sorrow in half. I want to be that person because our bad days, we absolutely need those people. I can tell you this, that uh, again, through the, the years, there've been plenty of bad days that have happened in my life in this church. And when I'd call a friend and I'd say, hey, this is what happened. This is what we're dealing with. This is our current struggle. Just being able to pour out my heart to somebody on the phone or being able to have a meal with somebody and talk to them, all of a sudden I felt like my sorrow was cut in half. But then they took it another level. Many times they would turn around and tell me how they survived a situation that was similar to mine, like Second Corinthians talks about. Or a situation that was worse. I remember calling one friend, and I was like, this is what happened to us, and it's terrible. And then he told me his story. I was like, let me pray for you. Yours is just so much worse. I'm going to make it. Yeah. They cut my sorrow in half. That's what we need. That's what the Bible talks about. A friend is born for adversity. That's what we want. And, and John Piper says, you know, he, hey, you see that, and you see that about those good friends? He's like, don't just covet that be that person. Be that type of friend. Because a lot of you are like right now going, man, I wish I had friends that would do that. Well, are you that type of friend? Are you going to be that type of friend to everyone else in the church, or are you going to sit back and say, take care of me? Proverbs 18, 24 says this, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. You're going to have to be friendly. If you want friends, you're going to have to be friendly. You're going to have to be out there doing that and so I would tell you over and over again to be in life groups. They're not optional. Be on a life team. These are, are great friends, global teams. I can't tell you how many times people have come back from a global team and said, I've just made lifelong friends. I mean, on occasion, it leads to marriages, too. So um, it happens. It happens. But I thank God, and and let me speak to this. I know we're multiple campuses, eight, soon to be nine here in America, and I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who's leading the global team. You can go on it, and I've seen people from different campuses become great friends. And I'll see them sometimes. I'm like, hey, you're at this campus. Like, You know, we're just here meeting up with some friends that went on Global Team Indonesia, and we just just have been hanging out. It's been a joy to be there. And I'll tell you this, social media has made it harder because... um, we, we think we're close to these people because we follow them on Instagram, but we need to be in their world more than just on Instagram. We need to be more than just following them, and we need friends for our worst day. The other day I was in Canada, and I was speaking to some pastors there, and I walked by this shoe store, and you know I saw this really cool pair of shoes, and I walked in, and I was thinking, I wonder how much they are, and, canada and i was doing the math i was like oh they're on sale this is great and as i went to check out on the shoes and i I told the young lady that was helping me check out that i was in town and i was speaking to a bunch of pastors and she goes oh i used to go to church well that just i was like "What, what do you mean you used to and she goes, i used to go to church and and then all my friends you know abandoned me And so I've left, and she started to swear, and she's venting about it. I'm like, I'm sorry. I said, what happened? And she said, well, I was just kind of checking out church, and I joined a life group. And she said, and then my dad died, and none of my friends called me. None of my friends came over. None of my friends. She said, you know what? It's the weirdest thing. She goes, their parents actually talked to me more in church than they did. It was like they abandoned me on my worst day. And then I just, I said, I'm so sorry for that. I said, Maybe this current generation doesn't know how to be a friend. Maybe they don't know that they need to just be there on your bad day. Maybe they didn't know what they were supposed to say, and so they didn't know. And how many know that on people's worst day like that, you don't have to have the expert things to say, but you have to be there. It's just your presence is needed. And I'm apologizing in the shoe store and she's trying to ring up the sale and I won't give her my credit card. I'm like, no, we're going to talk some more. And so I put it in my pocket. I'm like, no, I said, God's too good. Jesus loves you too much. And I'm so sorry that your friends weren't there for you, but there's more people in that church and they would love it. And I know the pastor there and, and, and he would love for you to come back and, and, and please don't give up on Jesus because he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He didn't walk out on, on your worst day and I I felt like I moved the needle maybe that much in her life and I finally relented and bought the shoes and I was like, please don't give up on God. Please don't give up. But it was so sad that on her worst day, she's saying, I had a bad day, I had a worst day and I was looking for somebody to come in and instead they went out. And I pray in our church on people's worst day, we will rush in. We will be a church that says, we are here for your big days, we are here for your bad days. You're part of this body. We are in this together. You're my brother. You're my sister. We're in the family of God together, and we are going to make it through this. I pray that you would have friends in this church that will double your joy and cut your sorrows in half. So, God, I just pray right now as we jump into this series, Big Days and Bad Days, I pray right now that something has happened within us that we would spark the big days. We want to maximize the big days in Jesus' name. We'd look for mentors to maximize them, parenting, at work, in, in marriage, however it is. And then on our bad days, God, I'm praying right now we jump into the life of this church, life teams, life groups, uh, global teams, and we jump in and we'd say, God, we desire to cut people's sorrows in half. We desire to be that type of friend, not just covet that type of friend. And God, I'm praying that we do that. Help us, Lord Jesus, on our big days and our bad days. We'll get through them. You'll get us through it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.